Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and thank you for listening to What Women Must Know. It's wonderful to have you here with me today. As always, the show is packed with fantastic information that really makes a difference for you and your family. And this program is all about empowering you with truthful information so you can make the most informed decisions possible for you and your family and greater communities. So, as always, it's just great having you with me because there's another great conversation ahead for you. I, I want to be sure to welcome anyone who's listening for the very first time because I invite you to go to my website, whatwomenmustknow.com, or my Facebook page, which is What Women Must Know, because I send all the archive shows out. That way you will be sure to... Well, listen to all of the shows, not miss any of them. And there's also additional great educational information that I post both through my online community and also through the Facebook. So please join me there and uh, continue the journey of healing and empowering yourself. Today we're going to talk about a topic that really fascinates me. Um, I think it's a topic that is so important for the uh, health that we're wanting to create for healing of conditions that are plaguing people in our society right now. We're all looking for solutions, and I've always been seeking what I call the root cause issues, like what is really at the very, very you know bottom of the the the, the line of of issues, the line of symptoms. What's underneath it? Where can we go so when we restore it? and heal that issue, the symptoms that we've been diagnosed with will be resolved. And that is why we're talking today about the total gut restoration protocol for all health conditions, and you'll understand why I say all health conditions, what what is underpinning all of the chronic conditions that we're dealing with. And my guest today is Kieran Christian, who... I just love having conversations with. He's been on the show several times before, and he's always a wealth of great information as well as inspiration. So uh, before I bring Karen on, let me just tell you a little bit about him. Karen is a research microbiologist whose focus is the human microbiome and wellness. With his particular expertise in the newest frontier of microbiology, commensal spore bacteria, Kieran is a frequent lecturer, largely to national and international medical audiences, but also as an expert guest on live radio and satellite podcasts. Coming from a um, strict research background in the fields of molecular medicine and microbiology at the University of Iowa, over the last 17 years, Kieran has conducted dozens of human clinical trials in recently published groundbreaking um, wait, in human nutrition, sorry, through the clinical research organization he established. In addition to his recently published groundbreaking leaky gut study showing reversal of gut enteropathy within 30 days, Kieran is currently involved in seven other ongoing human clinical trials testing the effect of gut commensural sporobiotics on such conditions such as AIDS, HIV gut enteropathy, thyroid, Hashimoto's condition, irritable bowel syndrome, and liver failure, as well as a longer, more extensive leaky gut trial. So this is profound information. Karen is on the cutting edge of understanding the role of our microbiome 
for all the chronic health conditions that are so prevalent now. And it's my great pleasure to have Karen on the show today. And we're going to be talking about a comprehensive protocol that he has helped put together. So first of all, Karen, welcome, and it's great to have you back. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm always excited to be able to share this kind of information because, as you said, as you, while you were introducing the purpose of your show, all of this is about empowering people to be able to take, you know, some aspects of their health into their own hands because nobody's going to advocate for us better than ourselves. And, uh, you know, and we really can't count on, um, you know, people in the medical industry to do everything that's possible for you. So we have to do some of that stuff for ourselves. So thank you for having me and this opportunity to be able to share this kind of information with the audience. Well, you always just inspire me immensely, Karen, because your research and the um, protocols that you've put together and the specific products that you have helped to develop have really hit the target. You've hit the bullseye. You know, it's so easy to um, try to address a condition by taking, you know, all these supplements and, uh, you know, people try different protocols and detoxing this. And, you know, you can get overwhelmed with Mm -hmm. a protocol and an approach that really is going to resolve whatever the problem is, whether it's an autoimmune condition, whether it's diabetes, whether it's, some form of uh, cardiovascular disease, even cancer, um, neurological issues. I mean, you know, we are all trying to find solutions, and there's so many things out there that promise they will help to address, if not resolve, the problem that, you know, people do a shotgun approach, right? Everything is, Mm -hmm. we throw everything at it. But we often miss the key piece that is the most profound and effective effective part of this puzzle. And that's why I think the work you're doing with the gut microbiome and how to really restore it is, for me, one of those critical pieces that helps to truly resolve chronic and and even more acute conditions that we're dealing with. So that's what we're going to jump into today. So um, so talk to us. Let's start with... um, just understanding briefly, we've had this conversation before, but I think people need to hear it again. The role of our microbiome, the definition of what our microbiome is, and the role of the microbiome before we go into the best protocol that is really going to truly and effectively heal the damage that's going on to our gut these days. Yeah, and so that's that's one of the most Uh, important basic foundational understandings that people should have is that we've got this really complex and amazing ecology inside and on on our bodies and that whole that ecology is made up of all types of microbes so we're talking bacteria viruses protozoa fungus all of these things that live in and on us and collectively they're called the microbiome and that includes all of their genetic elements um, and we cannot overstate the impact that they have on our health, wellness, and outcomes, and we cannot overstate their influence on our day-to-day lives. Um, in fact, more and more the, de- the evidence shows that we are more than 90% microbe than we are human, right? So what, what in the world does that mean? Uh, well, let's, let's look at a couple of statistics. Number one, um, you know, we've got about 10 times more bacterial cells in our system than we have human cells, 
right? So from a cell count perspective, we have 10 times more bacteria. The other part that's actually even more fascinating is that if you look at the human DNA in our chromosomes, we've got about 22,000 functional genes, and that sounds like a lot, but then when you look at a rice plant or an earthworm, they have 38 or 40,000 functional genes. So something as, as primitive or simple as a rice plant or an earthworm has almost twice the amount of DNA that we do, and you would think they could conduct twice as many functions as we would. Right, but but it's not true. We are at the top of the evolutionary ladder. We are at the top of the food chain, and the reason we are so advanced is because we have over three and a half million microbial or bacterial DNA uh, codes within our system. So most of our day-to-day capabilities, all of this fancy biochemistry going on in our system, um, you know, every time we eat food and the breakdown of the food, the assimilation of the nutrients, the ability of our immune system to recognize things that are friend or foe, our production of hormones and neurotransmitters and all of these important things that make us human, over 90% of it is controlled by the microbes that live in and on us. So with that in mind, we really cannot overstate their importance. And disease, now we are coming to finally understand that the vast majority of chronic illnesses that we deal with are due to some sort of ecological change in this complex um, environment that we have, this ecology that, we, that, we, um, that we're made up of. So um, if we can figure out what are those changes and what, what kind of um, you know, causes that they, that they yeah, elicit, then we can really understand where disease comes from. You know, and like you said in the beginning, what's so fascinating is that gingivitis, rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, uh, colorectal cancer, all very different conditions, all start in the same place and with the same procedures. And that's what's so fascinating now is that we're understanding the root cause of the root cause of diseases. And I love that. And, you know, I I started investigating this for myself many years ago when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And uh, I I had to really delve into the whole world of autoimmune diseases. And that's where I learned how fundamental the gut is. And when the gut is damaged, it really causes the immune system to start attacking its own tissues. And, um, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it was just a revelation. So, so Karen, can you just tell us, just kind of go through the key things that are the most damaging to our gut microbiome. What has happened to us in this 21st century world where we have so compromised the health of the most fundamental system of our body? Yeah, and that that's really where what it all comes down to because if we look at how the human body is designed, we are essentially a reservoir for microbes. And we require the, the function of microbes in order to exist as a functioning, healthy human. But over the last 25, 30 years, we've really created an environment that is antimicrobial, right? So we are microbes, essentially, and we've put ourselves in a very antimicrobial um, environment. So it, of course, is going to lead to a clash between our physiology and the environment that we put ourselves in. So some of the things 
that are really driving this, for, for example, the use of antibiotics, right? Now, antibiotics, I don't want to just make them seem bad because they do save lives, and there are times when antibiotics are needed. Um, there are times where I would use antibiotics or use them on my kids and so on. But even the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, estimates that at least 50% of antibiotic prescriptions are given out for, for non-bacterial infections. And for people who might be listening or aren't familiar, an antibiotic is specific to a bacterial infection. So it doesn't work for viral infections. It doesn't work for parasitic. It doesn't work for fungal infections and a whole host of the other things that can be causing our sinusitis or our ear infections or upper respiratory tract infections, all of these things that we immediately want an antibiotic for. And for the most part, physicians are too quick to write antibiotic prescriptions for. So that's one area. And then the other area is the use of antibiotics in our food, right? So every animal that's being bred for meat is exposed to some degree of antibiotics. And most of the time, 80% of those antibiotics that they give to animals that we end up eating have not been tested in humans. So we don't even know what kind of disruption they, they cause. Most of the herbicides and pesticides that are used on our vegetables and our fruits and things like that um, have never been tested inside the human system. And as we start testing them now, we come to understand that most of them are very strong antimicrobials. So they kill bacteria. Most of our foods contain preservatives. Preservatives will kill bacteria in our system. Uh, most of our personal care products have some form of preservatives or chemicals in it that kill bacteria. Even things like the off-gassing from the glues in our carpet, uh, the paint, the, the, uh, the organic solvents that are found in the paint that we paint on our walls, the uh, personal care products that we put in and on our system, all of these things have been designed and have the capability to kill off bacteria. And as we're killing off bacteria, we are essentially killing off very important parts of ourselves. And at the end of the day, the bacteria will always be here, right? It'll, they'll be here way before we, uh, way after we've been gone, and they've been here well before we were ever established. The problem is, as we create a, a more uh, stringent antimicrobial world, what we're doing is selecting for the most harmful of bacteria, the most robust uh, and most problematic of bacteria. So we are causing a really unfair advantage against all of these good microbes that we need, and then it's allowing a lot of bad microbes to flourish. Um, so, you know, you'll see all the commercials, killing kills 99.9% .9 of bacteria. That whole ideology of needing to kill bacteria all the time is extremely damaging to our system. Yeah, we've been programmed to see um, to see the uh, the the whole bacterial life as as a uh, you know as a as a danger to us as an enemy, and um, yeah. we've really destroyed our health in the process of operating from a very limited paradigm. And uh, absolutely, yeah, you know, and, and, yeah. The important thing to note about that is that. Uh, we have, we see bacteria as bad. So people say, oh, there's bacteria on that or bacteria, you got to kill the bacteria, sterilize. You know, the whole idea of sterilizing your home um, and, and using bleach and Clorox and all these kind of things that really, you know, try to kill off as many bacteria as you possibly can. Um, all of that stuff causes this paradigm 
um, where people think of bacteria as a bad thing, when the reality is less than 0.01% of microbes that have ever been discovered are actually harmful to humans. So yeah. like 99.99% of bacteria that ever have ever been discovered are either benign or beneficial to us in some way, right? So we have, uh, you know, labeled this entire category of, of life and organisms as being bad because of the few that we hear about uh, that can cause infection. But, again, the vast majority of them are good. And really the best way to control the bad ones is to allow the good ones to flourish. You know, that must be a shocking statistic for most people, including myself, how minute the really dangerous type of bacteria, it, you know, how, mm-hmm. how how small an amount it really is compared to all the healthy microbiome that we have, and yet we focus on that teeny tiny percent and destroy everything. <laughs> right, we destroy site, everything right? in the process, right? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, think about it this way. You think about, you know, a neighborhood, right, with 500 homes. And um, one of those homes end up with a mold infection in, in the home, a mold contamination. Um, so we see that, okay, one of these homes in the neighborhood has a mold, in, uh, mold contamination, so we just carpet bomb and blow up the entire neighborhood. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's yeah. what we've, we've been doing for several decades. And so we wonder why our inner neighborhoods are completely destroyed and we end up with disease. Right. Okay, so then walk us through the next step. So we're understanding how important the microbiome is. We've looked at what really is destroying and compromising the functioning of that important community in our gut. So the next point is how does this destruction of the microbiome and the the, the health of the, the gut itself become a primary cause of the chronic health conditions that we're facing now? Yeah, and that's 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 the huge connection that we've been really working on for the last five six years, um, combing through all of the latest microbiome research, doing cer- certain types of studies ourselves, um, and we've been wanting to make that connection. So as it turns out, um, there are certain parts of the body that really control. Um, your overall outcome, and in particular, they control how your body re- responds to the environment around you, uh, and that is your gut lining. So your gut lining, which is made up of two major parts, your mucus lining, so there's this thick mucus layer that, that covers your intestinal lining. It covers um, all of your uh, respiratory lining, your respiratory tract, your sinus cavities, your urogenital tract. Everything is covered in this really important mucus layer, um, you know, if you look at your our outer skin, uh, which is our dermal layer, we think that that's the largest organ in the body. People have always said that for years. But now we come to know that the mucus layer on the inside of our body has 150 times more surface area than our outer dermal layer, right? Wow. So it's a far more complex, yeah, it's a far more complex organ system than even the skin that we can visibly see. And everything that enters our body, whether it comes in through our nose, our mouth, our ears, our eyes, anywhere, has to go through this mucus layer. And that mucus layer has a whole host of immune cells and um, and other kind of detector and receptor cells, and it's also completely loaded and covered with bacteria. 
So it is a very dense, complex ecology with, with a huge amount of immune activity going on, and that's how your body samples the world around you, whether it's food or drink coming in through your gut or stuff you're breathing in through your nose. Um, all of that stuff enters the mucus layer, and the mucus layer, depending on the health and function, will decide whether those things are going to be in- inflammatory and cause tissue damage or that you're going to tolerate them well and deal with them should they be a problem, like if it's a virus or a bacteria coming in that could potentially cause illness. So that mucus layer, however, is, is controlled by good, friendly, diverse bacteria. So more and more what we're seeing, and let's take the gut as an example, that when you don't have the right population of bacteria in your mucus layer, then everything that enters your system, uh, typically through your diet, ends up causing an inflammatory response in that mucosal layer. When it causes an inflammatory response in that mucus layer, you start to get a breakdown of that really important mucus structure. When you get a breakdown of that really important mucus structure, then you get more things like bacterial components, viral components, mold toxins, food particles, all of these things migrating past the mucus layer, and and then they start to interact with your actual intestinal lining. As they interact with your actual intestinal lining, it causes more inflammation in the intestinal lining, and it causes that intestinal lining to break open and become leaky. So now these two protective structures, that mucus structure that is supposed to be the checkpoint, it looks at everything coming into your system. Uh, some things get passed on through, so you defecate them out. Other things are allowed to penetrate through in, in, in very specific ways. And then the immune system comes in and starts to recognize things so it can figure out what's friend, what's foe, what it should recognize, what it should attack and what it shouldn't attack. Uh, all of that complex stuff that's going on in the mucus layer start, ceases to happen, and the mucus layer basically starts to break down, and everything just constantly leaks through. As it leaks through, it causes that inflammation in the intestinal lining itself, and then th- that damages the intestinal lining, and then everything leaks past the intestinal lining into your circulatory system. So then you have a whole host of diseases that are associated with a damaged mucosa and a damaged intestinal lining, things like Crohn's, colitis, any form of IBD, uh, colorectal cancer, food sensitivities, uh, gluten sensitivities, or celiac disease, obesity, diabetes, all of these things are characterized by this damaged mucosa and damaged gut lining. Then, with the damaged mucosa and damaged gut lining, when you have all of these toxins and all that uh, migrating through and entering the blood, it causes all types of systemic inflammation inside the body. And this systemic inflammation can migrate to the brain, where it'll cause Alzheimer's. In kids, it causes autism spectrum disorders. It can cause central insulin resistance in the hypothalamus. Or it can migrate to other parts of the body. It can migrate to your joints and cause rheumatoid arthritis in your joints. It can migrate to your thyroid and cause Hashimoto's. Um, So it causes all of these inflammatory conditions that lay down the foundation for all inflammation-based conditions, which are basically everything we deal with most of the time. That's cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes by pancreatic dysfunction, um, virtually every autoimmune disease, cancers, um, even simple things like allergies and asthma. It's all driven by the same mechanism. 
right? So we call that mucosal lining and the intestinal lining the ground zero of health disorders because when those areas are damaged and not functioning the way they should, that's what sets up disease. And, um, and the whole idea is that if we can fix those two components, then we can really reduce the risk for chronic illness for people. Or if you already have chronic illness, it gives your body a chance to heal and gives your body a chance to recover from it. It's such a big story, isn't it, to really understand how fundamental our, it's not just our gut microbiome, it's the mucosal layer, which I don't think most people have a clue about. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, I think that's been an overlooked area. We can talk about the lining of the gut. People can talk about the microbiome. But I, I don't think, I mean, for me, I didn't realize just how profound that mucosal layer is as part of this whole picture here. Yeah, it's it's one of the most complex control systems and organ systems in the body. And here's what's so interesting about it. The gut mucosal uh, system is the central command for the rest of your mucosal tissue. So, for example, if you have a dysfunctional gut mucosal system because of a couple of courses of antibiotics, some poor dietary habits, um, you know, you live in a place where you get a lot of exposure to glyphosate and Roundup, um, and your gut mucosa is damaged, that dramatically increases the risk for having mucosal damage in other parts of the body, like in your lungs or your sinuses. So you will end up getting more sinus infections. You'll end up getting more uh, upper respiratory tract infections. You'll end up getting more UTIs and bacterial vaginosis because the gut mucosal system is the central command system to making sure that all of the mucosal tissue in your body is well-equipped to handle interactions with the environment. And, and so if we can fix that, we, could, we see the studies that if you can fix the gut mucosal system, it repairs all of the other mucosal layers. You know, and, and, and numerous review papers, so these are really important meta-analysis papers that basically look at, you know, they, they study all of the studies out there and they come to a, a conclusion on things. So when you look at those kind of studies, you find that, the dysfunctional mucosal system is at the root cause of of diseases so varied like cardiovascular disease, gum disease, rheumatoid arthritis, um, anxiety and depression. You know, no one would have thought 10 years ago that anxiety and depression, gingivitis, and cardiovascular disease could ever be related, right? We would think of them as very separate parts of the body with very different reasons for ending up in dysfunction, but as we now know, they all have the same root cause. And the best part is the mucosa and its ability to function is controlled almost exclusively by microbes. Well, so for um, for people listening, if any, you know, for those people listening who are dealing with everything from arthritis to cardiovascular disease, to some sort of autoimmune condition, whatever it may be, to headaches, to mood disorders, to um, allergies. I mean, you, you kind of name it. If they're not including a program and an effective, an effective and proven protocol to heal the gut microbiome, everything else they're trying to do and maybe taking is not going to successfully and and long term resolve the issue. 
Yeah, absolutely. I always say it's like taking one step forward, two steps back each time. You know, and and we see this. You know, one one of the um, one of the things that I I love the most about what I do is I get to work with lots of uh, doctors out there who are practicing um, integrative medicine, holistic medicine, functional medicine, like yourself. Um, and even in these areas of specialty where people are really looking at a holistic approach and using combinations of nutrients and medications and so on, the outcomes are still not that great. And the reason is because we're not addressing the root driver of these conditions. You know, if your gut is leaky and you've got these toxins constantly migrating through every time you eat food and so on, then it it just keeps stoking that fire of chronic illness. So you could take all the herbs and the vitamins and the medications and all that stuff, but until we stop that um, that continuous waterfall of inflammation that comes from the gut and a dysfunctional microbiome and a dysfunctional mucosa, we really cannot make a big difference in chronic illness. It's a very huge statement, isn't it? It's a it's a profound mm-hmm. awakening for all of us to understand what is required if we really want to heal and what we've done to ourselves and our children as a result of our you know, our lifestyle and the beliefs that we hold and, and how we've really compromised the fundamental functioning that generates good health, <laughs> you know. It's, like, right. it's a huge story. It's, I mean, I know why you're so passionate about what what, what you do, Karen, because it's such a huge story that we need to understand and we need to have it explained to us like you're doing so we can find the right steps and the right protocol. And, and that's what we're going to talk about next because it's yeah. really in, important to find the right products and the, the right um, formulations, the right timing of things so we can heal this this chronically injured part of our physiology and regain the health for the long term. So let's talk about what you have helped to create in your research and what I think is really a profound program. Personally, I take it. So uh, I, I want my listeners to understand why I believe this is so critical and why I recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, what we found in in looking through the research and doing our own studies on this whole concept of a bro- broken down mucosal lining, which then leads to uh, inflammation on the intestinal lining, uh, which then leads to severe leakiness in the in the gut, um, as well as in the brain and other parts of the body as well, uh, we found that there are a few fundamental things that seem to go wrong across the board. You know, no matter what condition you have, even though the diseases seem unrelated, the root cause is actually still the same. So it starts with a dysbiotic microbiome. So what does that mean? Well, it means that, you know, as we mentioned, you have this really complex ecology of bacteria and viruses and protozoa and all that that exists in this mucosal layer. They are the controllers of what happens in the mucosal layer. Now, when you are dysbiotic, that term just means you have an imbalance of good and bad. It, uh, the, the result of being dysbiotic is you end up having too many pathogenic organisms in the gut. Uh, you end up having too few protective, what we call keystone strains. These are certain types of microbes within that population that really 
control everything and hold the rest of the system up, and they have all of these protective measures that they can elicit um, against all of the toxicity that we see in the world. And then the third part is low diversity. So high diversity is absolutely paramount to health. So studies across the board over the last nine years of, of microbiome research show that the higher the diversity in your microbiome, the healthier you are. In fact, the higher the diversity, the longer you live. The higher the diversity, the more protected you are against infections. Um, the higher the diversity, the more resistant you are against chronic illness. Everything from cardiometabolic syndrome, so cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity, to even things like autoimmune disease, cancers, and so on. Um, and then we have those keystone strains that I mentioned. So one of them is a strain called Fecalibacteria prosnitsi, very fancy, easy-to-say easy term, I'm sure, for most, right? <laughs> but Fecalum bacteria prosnitsi uh, is this really unique bacteria where in a healthy gut microbiome can make up up to 5 to 7% of the total population. Now, studies show that this bacteria in particular really protects against inflammatory conditions in the bowel, which then reduce inflammatory conditions in the body itself. So people that tend to have high levels of this bacteria don't get things like um, Crohn's, colitis, gluten sensitivity, and so on. People that tend, tend to have low levels of this bacteria tend to be at very high risk for all of those conditions. Another easy-to-say bacteria, which is a uh, keystone strain, is Acromantia mucinophilia. Acromantia is very protective against metabolic disorders, so obesity, diabetes, um, lipidemia, so people with uh, very high uh, cholesterol and lipids and things like that. Um, typically, those people have very low levels of acromantia. When you have high levels of acromantia, it protects against all of those conditions. And so that's the important thing to keep in mind. This biosis in the gut means you have an imbalance of good and bad bacteria, and what that actually means is you have too many pathogenic bacteria that are causing inflammation in your gut lining. You have too few of these keystone protective strains, and you tend to have very low diversity in the microbiome. Those three things hold true across a decade's worth of research in the microbiome. So our first step was figuring out how do we fix those three population issues in the gut? How do we get rid of the pathogens or lower their, their, their population? How do we increase diversity in the microbiome? And then how do we increase the growth of these keystone strains? So we, we developed spore-based probiotics because we were looking at the impact of nature on our microbiome. So when you study uh, hunter-gatherer tribes in, in uh, Africa or in Papua New Guinea, um, in parts of South America, when they've studied these tribes and they've studied populations that live closer to earth, get more exposure to the environment, more exposure to dirt, more exposure to rivers and streams, natural water sources, what they find is that those populations tend to have very high diversity, very high levels of these keystone strains, and they tend to have very low levels of these pathogenic and problematic bacteria. So there's something in the in Earth's environment, there's something in the dirt, there's something in your rivers and streams, a microbe likely that protects 
against all of these dysfunction and increases diversity, increases these protective strains, reduces problematic and pathogenic strains. So that's what we honed in on. That's when we found these, these uh, spores. So as it turns out, that we just submitted a study for publication, when you add these spores, these protective microbes, into your microbiome, it dramatically increases diversity. We saw almost a 50% increase in diversity in as little as three weeks. So huge, profound wow. change yes. that quickly, right? And, and, yes. and nothing else has been shown to be able to increase diversity like that. And we know diversity is so important. But we also saw, which was very exciting, huge increases in Fecalobacteria prosnitsi, huge increases in Acromantia and a bunch of other protective strains like Bifidobacterium longum. So we saw these strains, all of these kind of protective strains, increasing quite dramatically in their numbers. Which is really impressive. That's not readily seen, probably rarely Absolutely. seen. Absolutely. Yeah, and nothing else so far has been shown to be able to do that. You know, um, some of the best things are massive dietary changes, long-term and lifestyle modifications and all that, and you could start to see these types of changes. But what you don't see is you don't see these types of changes in as little as three or four weeks. That's mm -hmm. what was so profound about it, and you don't see the clinically relevant levels of these changes in little as three or four weeks. So we said, okay, we have a probiotic that can make a significant change in the microbial population and, in fact, change the microbial population in the most clinically relevant way, right? So it's increasing diversity, lowering pathogen load, and increasing the growth of these keystone protective strains. So that's one part of the system. Now, as we, as we look further, once we start making these population changes in the gut, which are very important population changes, how do we reinforce these changes so that they become permanent? Because one thing we have to remember is the, is the environment around us are constantly working against these changes, right? So we continue to have exposure to uh, Roundup. We continue to have exposure to preservatives. We continue to get antibiotics in our food. All of these things that are disruptive to the microbiome still exist. So as this probiotic is going in and making these positive changes, how do we keep reinforcing those changes? And that's when we came up with a really interesting precision prebiotic. So the first part is a probiotic. What we're doing is we're reconditioning the gut. We're reconditioning the environment of the gut. And then we come in with a very specific prebiotic to reinforce those positive changes. So we have a reconditioning step and we have a reinforced step. Now when we have this more diverse, more protective uh, bacteria type of population in our gut, those microbes, those new microbes that are there that are now in our favor and looking to protect us, they can rebuild the mucosa and they can rebuild the gut lining, right? Because it's really up to the microbes to do that for us. We can't do that ourselves. We don't have enough genetic elements in our chromosomes to be able to do that, right? So we count on those bacteria. And I always tell people, um, you know, it's, so if you, if you have the tools, the nutrient tools to rebuild your gut lining, uh, but you don't have the right microbes there, it's like having a broken down car in your driveway and you throw a bag of tools at the car hoping it'll fix itself, right? It's not going to do that. You need an intelligent mechanic. 
That's what these bacteria are there for. They are the intelligent mechanics to repair our gut mucosa and our gut lining. But there are certain uh, nutrients that are really good and important as part of the building blocks of that mucosa and the gut lining. So we identified four key amino acids in the research that make up the building blocks of our mucosal system. We identified certain types of polyphenols that also improve the growth of the mucosa. And we, we identified certain types of um, immunoglobulins that can actually dramatically help increase the, uh, the growth and wellness of the mucosa. So we've added those components in to a third step called the rebuild step. All right, so to, to review it again, we've got the recondition, which is the probiotic going in, changing the population of bacteria, suppressing the bad bacteria, increasing the growth of the good protective bacteria, increasing diversity, and then in order to reinforce those changes, we bring in the prebiotic, which is the reinforcement phase. And then the last part, once we have this reinforced, healthy population, we give them the tools so that they can rebuild that mucosal lining and rebuild our gut lining as well. So that's the recondition, reinforce, and rebuild. That's the total gut restoration system, and that addresses all of the fundamental problems that we see in the standard American gut that leads to a whole host of, of chronic conditions. Okay, a couple of questions. So first of all, so when we introduce the prebiotic, that's a really popular concept these days, having prebiotics, which are the uh, food for the microbiome. But it, from what I gather from the work and the research you've done, Karen, it's not just any kind of – a prebiotic is primarily a type of fiber, if I'm correct, right? But it's not just any kind of fiber. Can you just elaborate a little bit about why you need the right prebiotic formula, which is what you have developed for the best success? Yeah, and that's a really important thing, so I'm so glad that you brought it up because um, fibers can be considered prebiotics, but most fibers don't really have any specificity to be a prebiotic. So a prebiotic is almost a specialized form of a fiber. Uh, but most fibers act as food for bacteria, and, and then, of course, prebiotics act as food for bacteria as well. The problem that we found is that if you use just general fiber or general prebiotics, you can feed bad bacteria as well as you feed good bacteria, right? So many of these fibers and prebiotics don't have specificity for just the good bacteria. They are food for microbes, so your bad bacteria can consume them as well. And that causes a significant problem because if your gut is already dysbiotic, meaning you already have an imbalance of good and bad, you, and then you throw in a bunch of this bacterial food, you could essentially be making the problem worse by increasing the growth of the bad bacteria. So we found something we call precision prebiotics, and these are very specific oligosaccharides. So these are very specific types of prebiotics. They come from kiwi, for example. Uh, one of them comes from a fraction of dairy, which is really important. <clears throat> Another one comes from the cob of corn. So not the corn itself, but inside the cob, there's this really special prebiotic. And what these do, they specifically feed those protective bacteria, the acromantia I was talking about, the fecalum bacteria, the bifidobacteria. Um, they are specifically food for those microbes, so you don't run the risk of accidentally feeding bad bacteria. 
and and that's really critical because you're going to be targeting the um, the the best solution for the right microbiome. <laughs> you don't want to be feeding the yeah. uh the, the adverse ones. Um so what's the protocol? We talked about this a little bit before the show, but I think it's really important that we go through what you have found to be the most effective protocol incorporating these three products. Yeah, so the the um the 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 process that we figured out is the best way to do it is we call layering therapies, right? So we we look at um, starting with one, layering in the other, and then th- and then putting in the third. So that's why we we named it with the three R's, so it's easy for people to understand and remember how the process goes. So you you recondition first, then you reinforce, then you rebuild. So we start off with about three to four weeks of taking the just the probiotic in order to recondition the gut and the gut environment. Once that's the gut the, wait, that, that's the megaspore bite. Karen, that's the megaspore biotic we're talking about. Exactly. That's, that's, the, product. that's the megaspore biotic. Yep. Okay. Uh, so they take the megaspore for the first. You start with that. You take it for about three to four weeks, um, and then you start to recondition the gut, and you start to make those really important population changes in your microbiome. Now, once those population changes start to occur, and in our most recent study we see that they does, it already occurs at three weeks. So we think three to four weeks is a good time. That's when you bring in the prebiotic to reinforce those changes. So then you add in the prebiotic, which is called mega prebiotic, uh, just to keep the terminology kind of similar and same so people understand which product goes with what. So we start with the mega spore to reinforce, uh, sorry, to recondition. Then after about three to four weeks, we come in with the mega prebiotic to reinforce those changes. Then once you've been on the mega spore and mega prebiotic for another three to four weeks, that's when we bring in the mega mucosa, which is the rebuilding step. Um, and so then after now about eight weeks, you are on all three products at the same time. And we say to stay on all three products at the same time for a period of four or five weeks or depending on what your target issue is. And as you find symptomology becoming much better, uh, whatever condition you're dealing with becoming much better, then what you can do is, uh, as a maintenance is continue to stay on the megaspore. We recommend using the prebiotic two or three times a week, and then you can use the mucosal product um, every once in a while. Like let's say you do something to disrupt your gut, you go on a vacation or you had a course of antibiotics or you get the flu or an illness of some sort, you can bring in the mega mucosa again to, to affect those changes again and then kind of go off of it. So you don't have to be in all three products forever. Uh, we do recommend you're on all three products for at least four to five weeks or until the, the majority of your symptomology has improved. And then, uh, and then you can go to kind of the maintenance phase where you're on Megaspar every day, you use the prebiotic a couple times a week, and then you use the mucosal su- support as needed depending on what's going on in your life. Okay, that's great. That's, that's really well um, explained. You know, and this is also a really good protocol to do this time of year if you want to build your immune system up because uh, certainly as we move into uh, uh, winter, the immune system really needs to be revved up to be su- be support us in dealing with the stressors of winter itself. So um, yeah. it's, it's always a good protocol and a good strategy for strengthening the immune system especially during yeah, the time. 
As, absolutely, and as we as daylight gets shorter, um, it, it it really changes things in our system. For those of us in the northern part of the country in Chicago, we start suffering from dealing with you know really cold and and uh, depressing weather. Um, we get lack of sunlight, and of course, colds and flus and things like that become really prevalent. Um, so it's a great time to start reconditioning, reinforcing, and rebuilding the gut to get yourself ready for winter. And then also if anyone's looking to travel, you know, in the upcoming holidays, you want to get your system healthy uh, before you travel so you don't get sick or become susceptible to, um, you know, dealing with anything. And plus everyone wants to be at their best in holiday time, right? You, you're typically people are going to see family and, uh, and so on. So you want to be, you want to be healthy. You want to feel good. You want to be able to eat a variety of things. Uh, so this is an ideal time to start the process try to get your system uh, restored before the end of the year. And, uh, and Karen, can you give us a couple of um, case studies where you've seen people on this protocol improve? Yeah. So, actually, there's, there's one recent one that, that was really exciting. So, we had um, one lady who was in her, I think she's in her early 50s. Um, she, she has Hashimoto's. But she also does have some skin conditions. So she does also have some psoriasis. Um, and so she's been dealing with the Hashimoto's and the skin conditions for probably a decade now. Um, and, and what's been interesting is she's been on the spores for a couple of years, the megasporebiotic, and that dramatically improved her condition. So most of the symptomology that's associated with Hashimoto's that, that really affects your quality of life has started to come under control. So things like the the brain fog and some of the anxiety and the fatigue, um, you know, some of the hair loss and things like that. So those things were really improving quite dramatically, but they weren't quite all the way in remission. Um, and then the skin condition, although it had improved, actually hadn't um, completely reversed either. And so she had some, uh, in the psoriatic lesion still in certain parts of her body. She was probably 70% better than what she had been, you know, for the last 10 years before that, uh, but it wasn't quite all the way there yet, you know. And so then she started on the prebiotic for about three weeks. By the end of the prebiotic, she already started to see a noticeable improvement in the skin side, and that makes sense because one of the things when you start adding the prebiotic is you get about a 110% increase in butyrate production, you know, that's another study we just completed. And we know butyrate is really protective against inflammatory skin conditions. So so it wasn't a surprise to us that we saw that was one of the first things she started noticing when she added the prebiotic. And then once she added the uh, the mucosal repair, you know, most, if not all, of the Hashimoto's-related symptomology was gone. The skin has become almost completely normal. Um, and it's only been a couple of months. You know, this is this, we just made this stuff available to the public um, or to patients through their doctors um, since September. So it's it's really since early September. So it's only been a couple months. She started the prebiotic in August when that was available, and then the mucosal product came in in September. And um, you know, now she's seeing that last like twenty five thirty percent that we weren't getting to budge as much with just the probiotic. She's seeing that dramatically change in just the last month and a half or two. Um, and that's bringing in the full system and restoring the entire gut completely. 
So that that was very exciting to see, and uh, and we're getting more and more of those kind of case reports every single day. And that is impressive because skin issues are really tough to resolve. Things like psoriasis, they are. They're, they're really tough. You know, before we uh, complete our conversation, I think we need to touch a bit on the benefit for children, the benefit for uh, children with um, autism, for ADHD, mm-hmm. and how this protocol can really help them. Yeah, and so, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of speaking at the, the, the big annual Autism One conference for the last uh, three years in a row, so there's a, I've, I've dug into a lot of the research on um, the impact of the microbiome on ASD, on ADHD, um, even even just you know uh, really minimal base, uh, behavioral disorders, um, even things just like lashing out and anxiety in kids. All of those things are associated with an imbalance in the gut. There are certain types of bacteria that tend to be very prevalent in those kids, like Clostridium tetani, Clostridium boltae. Um, these bacteria break down the mucosal lining. These kids tend to have very leaky guts. They tend to have severe inflammation in their body, especially in response to food. And so it's no surprise that over 90% of kids on the spectrum report severe GI issues as well. You know, so the gut issue comes first, and then the symptomology of ASD and everything else comes secondary. And so if we can fix the gut first, we can make significant improvements on their um, their spectrum disorders as well. So we wanted to make this easy because, you know, it's very hard to get a lot of the kids on the spectrum to take capsules. So the probiotic is a really stable probiotic. Parents can open up the capsule, uh, pull the capsule apart, sprinkle the powder into any kind of food that the child likes to consume. And it's not going to disrupt the flavor or the texture of the food, so they won't even know they're getting it. The prebiotic, we made it um, a, a sweet mango-flavored powder, um, and, the, and the mucosa is also a sweet, um, I think it's like a, a dragon fruit or something powder. And so we flavored it in a way that it is appealing to kids um, as well, so it's easier to give it to them. So it's a powder. Both of those two are powders. You just mix it into water, shake it up, and then give it to them, and they can drink a little bit of it throughout the day. Um, and that's enough to get it in them to get them to change their gut. You can also, um, like my, my son, for example, uh, he loves the prebiotic, but he also loves mixing it into mango juice. Um, so he, you know, we put a scoop of it in the mango juice that he likes to drink every day. And it, it's such an easy, convenient way to get him clinically therapeutic levels of prebiotics into his system, which is really hard to do with kids. Um, so, that kind of total gut restoration can make such a huge difference in their behaviors, their outcomes, and then also all the other risks that they that they tend to face, with like allergies, asthma, and other immune dysfunctions down the road. So it's really um, I'm glad you mentioned kids because that's a, it's a really important um, area for us and. Part of when we're designing these programs, we always uh, these these products. We're always keeping in mind, you know, the the utility with using them with kids, and how easy or hard it is to do so. So thank you for that, because uh, our children really need to have their guts healed. It's such a major source of so much suffering for kids and their families. So this is uh, again an, another another core protocol to help these. These families, everyone should be doing this. In the fa- everyone should be doing this. Period. I would say, because we're all suffering. Yeah. 
So um, before we conclude things, I want everyone listening to know that I will be offering a special deep discount of the three products on my site. So you need to go to whatwomenmustknow.com to my online store, and I'll have it available there for a limited time. So I want people to try this product. I want to give them a discount. And if um, people are listening from Australia, I have a lot of listeners from Australia and New Zealand, let me know because I can get this product to them from um, from within the country. So it saves on shipping. And um, I think everyone should be on this protocol. I really do, Karen. I'm so grateful that I met you. You were the only booth I ever attended when I went to Expo West. I have to say I talked about this a while back. I, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't go anywhere else because I found, <laughs> I found the best, the <laughs> best products at, at that show. And we're talking about, you know, thousands of booths. And, uh, and you've been such a, a treasure in my life. You've helped me so much, and I'm so grateful for all the ongoing work and research you're doing. You're, you're always such a delight to talk to. I learned so much from you. So um, thank you so much for your continuing commitment sure. to help people find solutions to heal and to share your time with us. I am very grateful to you and uh, wishing you all the best. Thank you so much, and thank you for this opportunity to be on um, none of the things we do would ever matter if we didn't have people like yourself to get it out there to the public that needs it. So I'm always grateful for the opportunity to work with you. Um, and absolutely, I think everybody needs this. The, the reason for that is we live in a very toxic world that's, that's designed almost to destroy our health, um, you know, and, and we need something to work against that. Um, and until we can all go live in the side of the mountain in a serene, pristine environment and dig for our food uh, and go back to how our ancestors lived, until that time we need this kind of protective uh, system that we incorporate into our lifestyle. So thank you for making it available to people. We we really appreciate that. Oh, you're so welcome. So uh, for everyone listening, uh, check on my website, What Women Must Know. Get the uh, three uh, parts of this protocol that recondition and reinforce and rebuild. And um, we'll be talking again next week. And until then, always honor the wisdom of your feminine self. Bye for now.